I hope your energy's flowing after hearing that. It's a wonderful podcast today with L. Brodsky, the founder of Yoga Buzz. And uh, just an amazing piece of work by Ben Sturgill. He produced it. He wrote the music and collaborated with a young artist named Brittany Clark in Nashville. And uh, if you didn't know, Ben is a, a producer as well as a singer, songwriter, artist. And he can, uh, you know, he's a good mentor for young artists. He, uh, he recently also helped out with a Notes for Life event. Uh, in Nashville, uh, DigiGirls, which is brought to you by Microsoft. And, uh, you, you know, it's just, he's just a great mentor. So if you're a young artist looking to produce a track, you know, get a hold of Ben Sturgill, www, which you probably don't need that, but uh, bensturgill.com. So, uh, yeah, just a great guy to work with, and uh, that's a song that I invested in, and we're hoping to figure out how to get some radio play or put it out there maybe Maybe it's a theme song for uh, Yoga Buzz or maybe Digi Girls. Who knows? But yeah, that's Ben. Check him out. Great music. You will not be disappointed. And if you're a, if you're a young artist or a young musician or somebody that wants to get into music, Dale's Music is the place for you. You can learn how to play that instrument, you know, get uh, singing lessons, get your instrument fixed. Dale's is just wonderful for that. You can uh, go to the description page of this episode and click on a link to uh, see a little video of them and uh, get their telephone number. My nephew's a student at Dale's and he just enjoys the drum lessons working with Kevin McDonald. So yeah, Dale's is a, a good place to go. And Yoga Buzz as well, an organization that um, of course focuses on yoga and it's it's community events, social events, and then scholarships. You know, they help help people less fortunate be able to get involved in yoga. They have teacher training. It's just an amazing organization, and I'm really, really happy to have participated in their events and to have Elle on the show today. I also want to thank Kevin Blumenkamp, who uh, is another sponsor of the show, and uh, Master Jeweler. Kevin can create anything with uh, with metal. Now, if you need something bigger for your house, he can do blacksmith work. He's based in Kentucky, but can travel and and collaborate with you via phone, via internet. I mean, it's really, with the technology these days, you don't need to be in the same place as someone. But uh, Kevin's just a good guy to work with. You can, uh, once again, you can find out his information on the show page and uh, check him out. So yoga is not just about stretching. It's about, you know, being present in the moment, working on our breath. Although the stretching is very helpful, you know, there's different forms. You hear Ellen and I talk about yin yoga, which is longer stretches and you're, you're working on your joints and the fascia uh, versus um, uh, just other forms of yoga where it is a little more high intense. Um, it's a little more uh, the exercise portion. Yeah, I talk about DDP yoga. That's something that's a little more the exercise element where, you know, um, traditional yoga is more getting into, you know, becoming one with your body. So that, that's a, you know, really cool thing. And when we talk about becoming one with our body and, you know, stretching, Dr. Mark Holland, it's something he's always told told me when I've gotten adjustments from him for, you know, keep my spine in alignment. And that's just something he always says, give stretch, stretch, stretch. So it's one thing that's important. And, you know, Dr. Holland is an energetic guy. I think he would enjoy a yoga buzz event. So I'll have to get him out there, you know, keep uh, break him away from his busy schedule and allow him some time to relax as well. But just a great energetic guy. If you're if you have any needs for your for your back, for your spine, Check out his websites. You can go to CairoAndRehab.com and uh, MyStLouisChiropractor.com, and you can find more information on that, how you should be sitting, just different things that keep your back in alignment. You know, get a standing desk. That's something he would recommend. 
So Dr. Mark Holland, he's been a great sponsor of the show and a great friend, so definitely check him out. You can follow me, Ken Calcaterra, on my social media sites. Uh, just Google Ken Calcaterra, punch it in. You can follow Yoga Buzz. Uh, they have The Hive on Facebook. So for those in St. Louis or just those outside looking to uh, learn more about yoga, different yoga events, different yoga topics, that's a, a great source. You can find them at yogabuzz.org. Check them out. You can go to my website, kencalcaterra.com. Sign up on my mailing list, and I will keep you up to date with things that are going on with guests of the show, with uh, visual stories that I'm creating, just the different uh, different things going on in my life that you might find interesting. So I'd love, love to have you on that mailing list. Really happy to present this conversation with Elle. It took a while. Our schedules are, have been pretty busy, and we haven't been able to connect over, I think, the last year. So now here she is, and I know you're going to love this conversation. Such great energy. So check it out, and then make it a great day, everyone. So Elle, thanks for coming over. It gave me a chance to clean up my house, to clean up the <laughs> studio space here. Absolutely. Thanks for cleaning up for me. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. So Yoga Buzz, I mean, it's one of one of my favorite things in, in St. Louis. And I know you're you're spreading to go nationwide at some point, but right now you're in a couple different cities. What uh, where else are besides St. Louis are you? So are you we we have uh, we've held a couple events in Kansas City. We did one in Fort Collins, Colorado last summer. Um, right now, what we're really trying to focus on is uh, is expanding into the state of Missouri. So Kansas City, uh, we've got plans for Columbia as well, and just trying to get really good at what we're doing uh, and how we can share that across the state to begin before we see what might happen from there. So we're talking about the expansion, but a lot of people might not even know what Yoga Buzz is. Yeah. So we are a nonprofit organization. We started uh, in July of 2014, so we're almost three years old. Uh, we started doing pop-up yoga classes uh, with beer afterwards, so it was pop-up yoga at breweries. Um, and then once we realized that people were interested in coming to these events, we realized we didn't want to just be, we didn't want people to get the perception that we were just the group of yoga people who went out and, and drank afterwards, because that wasn't what we were trying to do. Uh, so it was like, how else can we create community and have a social experience after the yoga? So long story short, since then, we've hosted over uh, or around 250 pop-up events in the St. Louis area. And uh, those act as fundraisers for our outreach initiatives, which have included a financial need-based scholarship program to place people at local yoga studios. Um, our big one right now is our teacher training program. So we're empowering other people to become yoga teachers in the community. And then we've got two big initiatives right now, which are um, to support the understanding and growth of trauma-informed yoga in, across the state, as well as uh, accessible and adaptive yoga. So essentially the social events are the means to the end. Yeah. It's it's a way to it's a way to get people to come in and introduce to them the idea that yoga isn't what they think it might be or isn't just what they think it might be and that there's a lot of other people who could really benefit from this practice who don't necessarily have access to it. Yeah, so it's more the gateway. So I said the mm -hmm. means to the yeah. end, but it's the gateway, it's that introduction. And I, I think what's really cool, because with the, with the social event, and mm -hmm. I've uh, you know practiced a lot of times in, in a studio, and it seems like once practice is over, everybody's whew, yeah they're out the door, mm -hmm. and then it's it, it's not a chance uh, you know, to connect with like minded people. I mean, you do after a while, mm -hmm. and maybe part of it is 
being you know one of the few males that are there <laughs> sure. but uh but with the yoga buzz events i mean really it's like people want to socialize right well and that's that's really where it, it came from early on is my closest friends as an adult I've made through yoga trainings or workshops. It's when you get, when you get like stuck in a room with a person for an extended period of time, you start to make friends. Um, and, uh, but that doesn't generally happen in the the typical studio experience. And so, um, because people are rushing to get there from work or rushing to get home to have dinner or lunch or what have you. And so how do you buffer in an experience or do you, how do you create an experience that includes time on the back end to hang out and connect with people? And yeah, that's what we do. Totally, yeah. Because it's, it's I want to go out anyway, but here's a chance to you know get a good get a good hour of practice mm-hmm. in, and then have a few drinks mm-hmm. or you know some food. Yeah. And uh, it's it's funny because I think uh, I think a lot of times I've heard like oh yeah the buzz is like yeah part of the buzz of the alcohol when really it's just the buzz of the energy. Right. In that room, and there's these great people that mm-hmm. are that are wanting to do something that's just you know just elevate their frequencies. That's when uh, so the first event we did with at the Schlafly Tap Room, and it was just intended to be a one-off event because I'd wanted to do it for a while. I had just quit my job a couple months prior. I wanted to have something of my own, and so uh, my my now husband was working for Schlafly at the time, and so he helped me put something together, and he sat me down and was like let's look at potential names what are we going to call this so why don't you sit down and write out a list of buzzwords in the yoga world and I'll (laughs) write out a list of buzzwords for the beer world and I was like yoga buzz and he's like okay well go brainstorm and I'm like already bought the url (laughs) you know (laughs) but but yoga buzz is a term that uh like that I had heard and gets used sometimes within the yoga community and it's the feeling it's like the hit of endorphins after a practice that that ah. really great feeling after uh after a really beautiful practice of like oh everything feels good in the world so it actually ended up working out in our favor because while yoga buzz was also adorable because there was beer it doesn't it didn't really limit us to beer it's not like we we're yeah. calling it beer yoga or yeah, yeah. you know so <laughs> and that's so much of what you just said, the euphoria mm-hmm. a- after a really good class. You, you really push yourself sometimes, uh, some classes, depending if it's yen or, mm-hmm. you know, what the particular form that, that you're partaking in. Some classes, you're really pushing yourself. And mm-hmm. then and then when you get in the savasana, it's it, get into that state of euphoria. So yeah. there are times at the end of a class that I need, it, it's hard to talk with people. So I'm oh, yeah. that same. So by the time that I'm ready and I get to the point of conversation, it's mm-hmm. just like, everybody's gone well and everybody uh i i feel i feel like i've noticed in our yoga buzz events is that at the end of a class because there's there's something there's almost always something that happens after the yoga and people are really receptive what like our ability to slow down and take in information and Mm -hmm. experience the nuances of a flavor or of music or of you know all of these things so there's this really cool opportunity to not only have a social experience to connect with other like-minded people, mm-hmm. but to learn about these local businesses yeah. in the area and what they're doing and why they do it. And, you know, so. And then there's that, that of course, practicing yoga for those who haven't, mm-hmm. you, it's this, you become present mm-hmm. in the moment. Exactly. So then after that practice, you're present at that, you know, at that brewery mm-hmm. or at the Peabody Opera House mm-hmm. or another really cool venue. And yeah. I think you, you're able to see those places 
in like just a new light right. or just with different eyes. Yeah. And so that's that's what I think is incredible about about the event, and that's that's what I really love about Yoga Buzz. Thanks. Uh, I think you you have this quote on your website, which uh-huh. is which really really sums it up and mm-hmm. i think it's beautiful what, what is that quote uh there's just something about being barefoot in a public place that makes you feel really connected to it and those around you and totally it's almost <laughs> like i mean we're not used to being barefoot so it's mm-hmm. almost maybe it's a little bit of vulnerability mm-hmm. or you know it's just like we're well it's a sense of intimacy too it's totally, like you can yeah. take you take off your shoes when you walk into somebody's home sometimes or when you come home but you don't necessarily just you will and you know health code also generally sometimes <laughs> uh limits you from just walking into a brewery and kicking off your shoes yeah. but um you know it's it's that sense of welcome home like you're you're here this is the place that you're meant to be very cool so what are some a couple of the i would you say are the signature events or key events that you've had that you're really proud of that that define what yoga buzz is about or yeah. really get someone interested um some of uh, I think our most beautiful events that we do uh, are at Peabody Opera House, which we've actually got coming up in a couple days from now. Uh, I think we had two tickets left the last time I checked, but it's um, it's live chamber music. So it's a three piece string ensemble that comes and plays live in the grand lobby of the Peabody uh, Peabody Opera House. And it's we've done it um, three or four times uh, already. And it's so beautiful. The acoustics in the space of the Grand Lobby are perfect for live music. And so it's, you can feel the vibration of the strings in, nice. in the body as the, as the yoga is happening. Well, um, well, I know you've had um, one of the events last year at uh, the Anheuser-Busch Beer Garden. Mm-hmm. You had, uh, you had a couple musicians, bass, uh-huh. and a couple other things. And it yeah. was, it was really cool. It was the right vibe for it. They yeah. were just, I, I think, just feeling just what was going on in the moment and created some wonderful music. So that was another, another example of uh, cool music that you've had. My buddy JD Hughes has played uh, a few events with us and sometimes he brings along some friends to, to collaborate with. And it's cool because it's, it's improv. Like he does music. That's his yoga practice. That's what gets him super in the moment and like responsive to what's happening around him. And then, we kind of play off of each other like the the way that the music is going influences how i'm guiding the practice and how people are moving in front of him influences the way that he's playing his music too so that's, yeah it's incredible yeah it was just such a good vibe do you know uh amy cammy who's mm-hmm. been uh been on the show a couple of times yeah. and you know good, good friend have you had her play any events she has she actually so she played um we've done uh, another one of our one of my favorite events that we do is at the planetarium, the St. Louis science center. Oh, planetarium. A, yeah. That's incredible. Oh, so cool. We're under the stars. And then, uh, so you've got the big dome ceiling and then built into the dome ceiling, uh, up a level is a little balcony. And so we've put musicians up there a time or two. And Amy has been one of those musicians. And so she's just up there. I call it heaven because it looks like she's up in the stars. And so, uh, to have this just really celestial, uh, harp music coming from, uh, from the top or from the side of the dome mm-hmm. and then the music just kind of projects across the dome and it's throws the it curvature, out the curvature it's just the uh-huh. acoustics wow so beautiful oh, i'm bum- bummed i missed that one <laughs> hopefully you do that again i oh, need yeah. to, i need to keep better track on i was getting the updates on facebook and mm-hmm. then i just haven't seen them or just I haven't been like, looking and yeah it's... i feel like facebook i feel like 
Well, Facebook. Yeah, they've changed some algorithms yeah. or something, mm-hmm. so it's just that's bumming me out. So I need to <laughs> be more proactive and look and uh, put it on my calendar. But I know you have Ballpark Village coming up, which is yeah. also pretty cool. It's free, correct? Yeah, so Ballpark Village has done this free summer yoga series for uh, the past three summers. This will be their fourth summer. They actually started the same summer that we did, randomly. Um, and uh, so we... Uh, had talked with them last year and um, this year what we're doing is partnering up with them to run the free summer yoga series and so it's 12 classes throughout between April and September on some random Wednesdays when there's not a home game for the Cardinals and uh, we're really going to use that as a platform as we as we're trying to with many of our other events as well uses use it as a platform to plug in um a wide range of teachers to showcase the growing diversity of the yoga teaching community um, because ultimately we really feel that for there to be change in the way that yoga is presented not just in St. Louis but across the world um, there has to be representation of the fact that like not only do different shapes and sizes and backgrounds and genders and ages and abilities practice yoga but they can also teach it as well so um, so that's that's really exciting. And, and that's one of the cool things I would say maybe in the past five years mm-hmm. that yoga has just become uh, more accessible for one mm-hmm. and then just more uh, more well-known. Mm-hmm. It's just the awareness of it. Because I know you have a class for first responders. Is that correct? I don't. But there is a woman um, named Olivia Kavitney who has a, uh, a nonprofit called Yoga for First Responders. Okay, gotcha. And so she travels across the country and teaches people, um, well, teaches police officers and firefighters and other first responders yoga as a tool for um, slowing down their response system so that when they go from like a high-speed chase on the highway and then uh, after the pursuit pulling somebody over and getting out of the car so that they're not just immediately responding Uh with violence but with you know still being able to take a deep breath so like jumping out of the car and hitting a downward dog before they (laughs) maybe not that overt but (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh I'm going to take Olivia's training this summer just uh because I think it's interesting to have conversations with her about how she presents yoga and mindfulness to a community that um, feels like, you know, their response to when they hear yoga is, well, my wife does that. It's like, yeah, well, exactly. yeah, but let's set that aside because there's actually some science here that I think yeah. you might be interested in. So, And that's the thing with it as well is it's more so, and that's my first class was at, uh, my, my first introduction was through a book called Yoga for Re- Regular Guys. And ah. it was this wrestler, <laughs> Diamond Dallas Page, who oh, now yeah. has DDP Yoga. Yep. So he's been one who I think has really increased it. And so some more men are into mm-hmm. DDP yoga, which I haven't tried that exact system because it's, I think, a little more of the exercise portion. Mm-hmm. And then when I started in, so I started that with the book and I was, that was, even though I was into meditation and other forms, mm-hmm. I didn't have that. I didn't really connect until I took a, the, the first class with a Groupon was at Urban Breath. And uh, I forget his last name, but it was Jaime. Oh, and, yeah. and the one thing that he had talked about was, you know, more the spiritual side mm-hmm. and just the, the meditation and really becoming present. So that's when it clicked to me that here's this combination of it's not just it's not just the exercise, although when mm-hmm. when you incorporate the breathing and the meditation and being present, it really, of course, allows us to become one with our body mm-hmm. and really face that when you're in this pose that just is I wouldn't say painful 
but is uncomfortable. uncomfortable. And then we're facing, you know, the discomforts in life and the things that, you know, whether it be our anxiety or depression Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, just the unknowns, which always get me. Well, and that's the the asana, the physical practice. it, It simulates stressful situations and then encourages the the individual to um to take deep breaths to to find ways to self-soothe in the midst of discomfort rather than just turning away from it or being like well screw this i'm out roll up my mat and like walk out because i was in lunge for too long it's like how do i a i can make a choice of like i'm not going to bend my knee as deeply and then the sensation's not as intense or i'm going to stay with this and take some deep breaths and see if you know see what's see what's coming up for me um, and then the way that that translates into being able to do that in real life off of your yoga mat when you're in a challenging conversation with your family at dinner or in a challenging um, uh, or even just in traffic, really, like slowing it down so that you're not laying on your horn and throwing a finger out the window. <laughs> and, I, and I'm trying, I'm working on just incorporating the breath into other practices of mm-hmm. life, whether it be my niece and nephew are driving me crazy. I need to do a lot better when I'm when I'm dealing with them because mm-hmm. uh, they're just beautiful kids yeah. but or whether it's uh, learning something because I think when when you have that breath and you become more present I mm-hmm. think you're more receptive and in, in the brain just mm-hmm. soaks those things in and yeah. traffic and just all these other well, situations there's a there's a skill or a uh, what's it called when it's you've got a bunch of letters that mean different things oh oh gosh one of those oh yeah exactly uh I can't think. Anyway, it's an acronym. No, no, not an acronym. The uh, oh, I know exactly what you're talking. Well, anyway, about. there's a thing, and it's uh, uh, comes out of Kripalu, which is a, a mindfulness center on the east coast, and it's called Brifwa, B R F W A A. So it's it's like a step by step process of how to slow down so that you're not reacting, but rather choosing to act in a certain way. So it's breathe. The first thing you do when you mm-hmm. see that you're stressed out, you take a breath. You relax the body, uh, you feel, you notice what you feel, you watch, you watch both what you want to do, you watch what's happening around you, you allow, so you soften, you realize that you can't control the things around you, and then you act. And so it's like putting just even, it, it may be a full 10 seconds, it may be a split second, but it can really shift, because um, it, I mean, you can still lay on your horn when you're in traffic, but, you know, is that what you meant to do? I mean, mm-hmm. my, my license plate says yoga buzz on it, you know, like I have a sticker on my car with my business name yeah, on yeah. it. And that has uh, been an excuse to Brifwa for me when I'm driving. Cause it's just like, do I want to rage in my car right now? Because who might see me and what totally. that, you know, is that the, is that how I want to be living my life? Uh, and this is one of those things. I mean, Gently tapping the horn when somebody is not paying attention and needs that. I mean, I usually wave when people give me that reminder. Because sometimes shouldn't do it, but right. I'll, like, at a light, I'll look down at the phone or something. Sure. Just completely lock that up, should. Mm-hmm. But, uh, or something along those lines. So usually I'm happy with that. But there are times when I slow down to let people over. And I'm, like, clicking my lights so they see, mm-hmm. like, hey, giving you the signal. They're not paying attention. And that kind of throws me off. like, what the hell? Right. Yoga. Yeah, yeah. So I need to briffwa, 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 briffwa. That's good, <laughs> right? It's yeah. Fun so to I'm gonna look, look that one up and check that out. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's 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 really cool. So talking about so teacher training. Mm-hmm. Now this is something. I mean, granted, in a given market, I mean, there's only so many opportunities to teach. Mm-hmm. But is it? 
I mean, as far as having that training and being able to share that with your family, is that part of it? Or what exactly is, I guess, the end goal of the teacher training? How does that I prepare mean, people for the world? It's it's really different for each individual. There's a lot of people who, who attend 200-hour yoga teacher training programs simply because they want to learn more for themselves. Um, you know, our, our teacher training, I, I try to make it clear to people who are, who are looking into becoming a teacher that, you know, this isn't a big money-making endeavor to become a yoga teacher. Um, so, you know, don't, don't come to this training thinking you're going to quit your job and go teach yoga on the beach full time, (laughs) which I think is like 80% of the reason why I did my first teacher training. I think I thought that that's somehow how that was going to work out and it didn't just to be clear. And it doesn't mean that there aren't some people who do make that happen. But um, but really, the people that are coming to the Yoga Buzz teacher training specifically seem to be people who are really interested in integrating this knowledge into whatever it is that they're doing professionally. Um, so we have a lot of social workers or nurses or um, med students, uh, as well as school teachers and, you know, lots of different backgrounds of people who are coming into this because they're like, I want to use this to be of service to this community that I'm a part of. And um, and, you know, some people come to teacher training thinking that they want to be a teacher and then they leave and they're just like, you know, I don't I actually want a little bit more time for myself first. Like just this weekend, we finished the first module of um, the current round of teacher training. There's three modules. And the first part is really focused on here's a whole bunch of information, like fire hose of information. And some of this is going to stick and some of it's not. And that's okay. But there's so much information in hopes that there's something here that you connect with. But, you know, and in the beginning of teacher training, I I hear a lot of people really worried about how are they going to share this information outward? Like, how are they going to um, be an effective teacher? And it's like, well, take a step back though let this be for you first and making this practice uh feeling it from within for who you are is what's going to make you uh potentially the most effective teacher that you can be is not just regurgitating a bunch of information that i said or that you get (laughs) from a book but living it first very cool and that's one thing my father and i were talking about with uh schools now incorporating yoga to get kids more mm-hmm. focused uh kids with behavior issues mm-hmm. i mean what is i mean what what is it with some of the teachers that you're like the teacher teachers mm-hmm. that are taking the teacher training how ha, have they shared with you any results that they've had with students in their schools there are there's a couple organizations in town that specifically train people to become kids yoga teachers and then connect them to yoga or to schools across Uh the city and the county um and what is what is a very um what am i trying to say something that's happening more and more right now is in schools that have higher rates of uh suspension and detention for their students especially for the younger kids uh is understanding that kids that lash out oftentimes lash out Uh, because of as a result of some trauma that they're experiencing uh, at home or within their neighborhood within their community and so rather than punishing a kid for acting inappropriately giving them tools to be able to slow down do the brief to recognize when they're unhappy or upset or angry but to respond differently rather than just keep perpetually punishing them for this poor behavior um and so that's something that I have seen nationwide and also is happening in St. Louis is the uh, the introduction of these sensory rooms at elementary schools 
uh, for kids who are uh, activated or acting out to go and do some some mindfulness based practices before they go back into class rather than just kicking them out. That's it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's so so needed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm glad that you're able to provide that training that people can carry over and the sure. knowledge. H- have you ever done any yoga bus events like a family type event where it's like uh you know, usually the ones I go to, I want to socialize, but mm-hmm. maybe a weekend thing with like where it's kids and mm-hmm. parents or uncles and aunt, whatever the situation is. We do. Um, uh, we so we we mostly focus on adults, and our teacher training is fo- is mostly focused on teaching adults as well. Just because there's well, because I I had a fish once, and that's the closest that I've come to interacting with children <laughs> on a regular basis or being a responsible parent, I guess. Um, so there's there's other people in town that I refer out to for kids teacher training specifically, but there are some events that we have done that uh, we're able to offer kids yoga at the same time. So parents can come do their grown up yoga and the kids have something to do. So when we go to Eckert Farms out in Belleville, we uh, do yoga outdoors uh, over by the petting zoo, actually. And uh, so the adults get their class and then kids get to do their own class. What else have we done? There's there's been a handful, which is is really cool, That's and to be able great. to offer it for free too, because yeah. parents shouldn't have to pay for a babysitter to go to their class, or have to pay for their kid to do something, you know, subsequent at the same time. So yeah, because I've tried to introduce my nephew to yoga, he thinks it's weird. It's <laughs> sure. <"That's> weird. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and I probably would have thought that as well, yeah. but that now that I'm. I've practiced and it's, it's it's so amazing. Right. Well, and it looks different for kids than it does for adults too. You know, I would imagine for most kids, it kind of looks boring to be on, you know, to just sit on a yoga mat and watch your mom do yoga for an hour. Totally. So yeah, I, I guess having that, uh, especially yin yoga, kids would just, mm-hmm. just hate yin yoga. I, when I first started taking yoga classes at a studio, um, in retrospect, I now understand that I was going to a yin class and I hated it. I hated it. They had this like this sugar cookie scented candle. So everything smelled like cookies. All I wanted was a damn cookie. Yeah. And then uh, and then we'd be in these poses for like seven minutes. I was like 21, 22 at the time. So I was also uh, younger and kind of busy brained. And I would fake a coughing fit to leave early because I'd be like, oh, I don't want to be here. And then I'd go take the step aerobics class next door. <laughs> nice. I think it's good though with the end with um I love it now. Yeah, on the opposite of I mean getting your your fascial, mm-hmm. you know, get it all smoothed out or mm-hmm. I don't even know the terms. We're, <laughs> we're not not good with terms today. But just looking at that and having, you know, the opposite of when, when you're active, I bicycle a bit mm-hmm. and then uh, you know, try to get to the gym. And so it's good to get those joints stretched out and yeah. just, you know, flexibility as as one gets older. Mm-hmm. You know, I see that with my dad. He's not doing uh, you know, not very, not as active as I'd like him to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you just kind of see how things, how people start getting crunched up. And, uh, did, did you see, see the thing? It was, it was on Facebook. I are thinking maybe you had it on the yoga bus site as well. Maybe. This, uh, I think she was an 88 year old woman. Oh yeah. And then she did three months of yoga and just how her posture, it mm-hmm. just went from looking like an 88 year old woman that right. one would expect to, you know, the one rejuvenation. I, I, the one I saw was uh, uh, an older woman who had some pretty severe scoliosis, and uh, so it had over the over time she had developed a hunch with the with the scoliosis, and and yeah, she worked with like a yoga therapist, so somebody who's also trained as a, a occupational therapist, um, and it was pretty amazing to see that transformation that occurred. 
But, you know, I mean, then you think about like that woman, 88 years old with this, um, this rounding in her spine that's so extreme that her head juts so far forward. And, um, you know, she can't roll into your typical yoga class to, to find uh, a way to, you know, move her body. She needs something very specific. And there's not as much of that specific sort of yoga um, outside of the more able-bodied classes. So that's that's part of what motivates me to train teachers to think of yoga in a different perspective is seeing something so touching like that mm-hmm. woman's story. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And, and do you have any yoga class or teacher classes for like uh, elderly caregivers or anything like that? We have had um, some people come out of our teacher training who are teaching. There's a there's a business locally uh, that I can't remember what it's called, but they go and do chair based fitness classes. Uh, at uh, retirement homes and and for the uh, elderly, and um, and so there are a few people who have been teaching yoga chair yoga specifically with that. It's like laughter yoga. That's something <laughs> I, I've tried, and then uh, that that's good in, in senior homes as well. Mm-hmm. And it's it's and it seems weird. It seems like laughter, but when you do it, it's just amazing how the energy changes. Mm-hmm. So I could see how something like that, some people are skeptical. Like, I'm not going to do that. Oh, I yeah. feel like an ass. Right. Yeah. You but, feel super uncomfortable. Again, yeah. it's putting you in an uncomfortable situation and seeing like in- challenging you to breathe through it and stay present, even though, you know, it feels weird or embarrassing or, or whatever. I've done the laughter yoga too. And, uh, and it's fascinating. But sometimes just to be put yourself in a situation and and to be comfortable with being embarrassed mm-hmm. is probably one of the most amazing things I think you can deal with. Right. And maybe that's what yoga now I'm not so self-conscious about. Sometimes I'll say something stupid. Mm-hmm. And in the past, be like, oh, why did I say Think that? Think about what? it and for the next like, 48 you know hours. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? I'm a goofball. Yeah. You know, and this is the podcast. If I say yeah. something goofy or whatnot, oh, well, you know, this is and this is kind of an exercise in that as well. Yeah, be, be a better way to communicate mm-hmm. and vocalize and right. and all that. So and that's what I hope, uh, you know, once again, go back to the younger generation how it's so important to if you can laugh at yourself mm-hmm. and you know we're going to make mistakes learn from those mistakes and if it's you know if you can laugh at it then it's just I mean then you you keep the power yeah well and, and you take care of yourself first rather than reacting or acting in a way uh, that that puts other people's preferences first right so it's also about being authentic and and then being comfortable with making mistakes in that authenticity. <laughs> and I was never comfortable. Oh, I, no. I don't know. I mean, I don't the perfectionism. I think my parents were that way. I mean, mm-hmm. they, and it's, you know, I think I'm that way still, even though I'm loosened up a bit. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've got to, I got to stop doing around my niece and nephew, just mm-hmm. everything being perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's just horrible. Yeah. It's the work. Yeah. On that. I'm, I'm also a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> I know that's, it's, I love that term recovering perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I slip. I fall off the wagon right. every now and then. But you got it. But the fact that you can we can recognize like, OK, I'm I'm pushing myself too hard or I'm holding people up to a, a, an un, uh, an unfair ideal uh, and expectation like and that's that's totally, what's yeah. really been helpful for me in, in leading the teacher trainings is like I get to watch people learn how to teach from the very beginning and they they struggle and stumble because this isn't easy. And uh but I'm not going to sit there after, you know, we're a third of the way through training. They practice, they do their first 20 minute long practice teach. I'm not going to sit there and give them like a list of, of improvements. Like 
that's not going to be beneficial. Uh, that's going to, you know, probably make them feel pretty crappy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's like, why, why do I care? Like they're, they will grow and, and learn in their own time. Like, what do I care what it looks like now is what I mean. I care that they find confidence to be able to continue to move in a way that, um, allows them to find their own voice and their own authenticity as a teacher, not just trying to think of the way that they can teach that will make me happy and Im- impress me or live up to my mm-hmm. unrealistic standards that yeah, I have for myself. No doubt. You know, unrealistic standards are horrible. <laughs> but yeah, it's nice, nice to talk about those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, uh, it's very important. Mm-hmm. So that's another another reason for this podcast. Yeah. So kind of like, let's eh, get that out there. Right. Um, but yeah, it's cool. So so teacher training, I'm going to have to try that at some point. Yeah, come play. Yeah, that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so looking at, so with, with Yoga Buzz and how it came about, mm-hmm. um, one thing that I'd read about you, so you worked at an adventure company. Yeah. And, uh, and then that experience the experience with that company mm-hmm. kind of set the tone or gave you gave you some ideas of, yeah. of setting it up can you talk a little bit about that sure so i um i became a yoga teacher in 2008 and got a job at a yoga studio and and really dove in head first uh to the world of yoga and subsequently ended up burnt out uh, about two years after that and um and so i was taking some time off and was trying to find some uh virtual assistant jobs so that i could travel because that's what i wanted to do uh, so I moved back in with my parents so that I didn't have to pay rent. So I could use that money for plane tickets to go visit friends. And um, a friend of mine connected me to a friend of theirs to um, who who owned a travel adventure company. And I was like, this is this is it. Like, this is my ticket <laughs> yeah. to the world is working for a travel adventure company. And uh, after kind of going back and forth, I mean, every couple of months I'd reach out and be like, you know, if you need me for anything. And he'd be like, okay, not, not quite yet, but I think we will. And then eventually an opportunity opened up to work for them, but not on the travel adventure side. They had sort of a side venture uh, for blogger conferences. And, uh, and it was like, well, I guess I'll do this so that then maybe one day I can do the travel adventure side. But I, uh, I ended up going from a, uh, like a contracted uh, runner of, what am I saying? I, I started out on a contract, a short-term part-time mm-hmm. contract ended up with a consistent part-time role and by the time I left they hired two people to replace me because I had grown this job from something very small to something very uh, big and um, so I ran conferences for fitness and health bloggers wine bloggers beer bloggers uh, both in the United States as well as Europe uh, food bloggers and uh, and then also wine tourism not bloggers but wine tourism and uh, so I did that for two years or for two summers at least for two conference seasons and got to travel and go live at a hotel for a week and work my butt off uh, running this logistics logistics for these conferences. And I went from being somebody who is not a detail oriented person at all to really being trial by fire to getting logistics. I've done uh, the right same. On. I was not always a detail oriented mm-hmm. person and I had to do it just mm-hmm. to, for work and things right. like that. So it's interesting how you can change your brain. Right. Well, and, and I mean, so I started to see things from a different perspective because my, my boss was, he had been running these travel adventure retreats all over the world for years and so his attention to detail and his expectations were very high so I had a very much a perfectionist boss 
a boss who, uh, you know, at the end of uh, at the end of a conference, he'd give me the list of all the things that should have gone differently. And it was like, oh, why didn't you just tell me while it was happening? Yeah, like now yeah. I look like an a-hole. But, <laughs> but I knew by the end that I was starting to do yeah. well because he wouldn't have any feedback for me at all. And it was just like, all right, great job. He would never sit there and say, here are all the things that you did that were really amazing, which I really, that works really well for me to yeah. get positive feedback. Yeah. So it was a challenge to always get uh, opportunity feedback, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and not get the positive reinforcement. But by the time I ran my last couple conferences, he was just like, all right, well, great job. See you next time. And I was like, yes, I nailed it. Because <laughs> yeah. he didn't have a half hour of feedback for me. <laughs> and, and do you find that, that that works? I mean, have you adopted that yourself? No, or Because yeah, I said that, that I need to give some of the positive. I, I need to give yeah. some of that. It's, uh, that's my, balance. my, my way of doing things is definitely like, here's all the things that you're doing that I so deeply appreciate because, um, in, in my experience and in all of the jobs I've had in the past, like if I feel appreciated, I will give more and I will go crazy sometimes. So I need to step that back sometimes too. So it was, it was a good, it was a really good learning opportunity and growth opportunity for me. Uh, you know, and I had other coworkers that I worked with who would sit me down and be like, man, you did this awesome. You did this awesome. It was just this one, my like head boss who tough love, I guess. No. And I think it's good to have that, the constructive (laughs) criticism, Mm -hmm. Uh, but so so you can learn and you want to, you want to stretch a little bit, but yeah, I think if it's overboard, yeah. And it's just sort of that balance so one yeah. doesn't get so totally self-conscious and you're right. focusing on, yeah, you did this great, but I don't this could fail. be a little better. And or, yeah. Well, and especially because for me personally, it's really easy for me to start adapting the way that I'm doing things yeah. to avoid feedback very specifically, right? Yeah. So in this case, it worked out well because it, it taught me how to do my job better. But in other relationships in my life, sometimes it means that I don't. I don't show up authentically again, going back to that, because I'm afraid of that person not not liking what they see. And that's not healthy. So Mm -hmm. it's like it's finding finding the way that works best for me. And now that I have employees with Yoga Buzz, like this is a whole new world for me. I've never I've never been a manager before. And so trying to find the balance between I mean, I can't just sit there and tell them how amazing they are all of the time because there needs to be growth both for them as well as me. Yeah. But um. But, you know, how do I provide that that feedback and that support so that they can grow? Yeah. Otherwise, then it's, well, I've always done everything right. Right. You've never said anything before. It's like, oh. Once it's being honest with Mm -hmm. yourself, getting what you need out of the... Mm-hmm. You know, out of that relationship, keeping right. your, you know, that's your business you're running. It's mm-hmm. your, your livelihood. You want to grow that. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it doesn't mean you have to be that a-hole. Right. But, um, but it's just, you know, honesty once again. Right. And yeah. just being forward, I guess. I don't know if forward is a bad word or not, mm-hmm. but just... No, um, it's, getting it out because I'll, I'll internalize those kind of things. Oh, and yeah. then it's just, and then you kitchen sink it and then at oh, some yeah. point you blow up. And oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. So much to learn. Therapy. That's how I've managed all of that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So looking at, um, okay, so you went to, with the adventure company, mm-hmm. and then you start, what, what year did you start Yoga Buzz? Uh, Yoga Buzz started 2014. Okay, 2014. And at yeah. that time, were you were you married at that point? Or no, did you I, was, I was engaged. But okay. I, uh, I met my husband in 2011 at the third conference that I ran for the, the blogger conferences. Ah, okay. So right. we were, uh, I was up in Portland, Oregon, and uh, running the beer blogger conference out there. And um, 
the night before the conference started, there was kind of an informal pub crawl happening through the city. And there was a, um, a street festival at Deschutes. And so I was standing there talking with a bunch of the other bloggers. And there were two, it was really crowded. And there were two dudes on, on <laughs> off my right shoulder who were um, standing next to each other with their backs to my shoulder to take a picture. And I couldn't get out of the shot. Like there was, I could, there was nowhere for me to go. And so uh, I stuck my head in between their heads and made a face and then tapped the guy on the shoulder and was like, I just photobombed you. And that was how I met my husband. Very cool. And so I. So uh, when photobombing uh, audience, just uh, definitely right. let the people know. and It's a, you know, it's a binding some, contract. Yeah, of change marriage. some information so then they're not just uh, the rest of their life it's, wondering who was that beautiful person too, that photobombed when, me. Whenever I see people photobombing somebody else now, like out in public or at festivals or whatever, I'm just like, oh, be careful. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, we now we have the photo of like five seconds before we met. <laughs> like it's it's amazing. Um, so yeah, you know, I mean, and uh, Troika is my husband's name. Uh, so he and I would sneak off and make out that weekend at the conference that I was running because I'm super professional like that. And um, and then I ended up coming to St. Louis to visit him because he was he was in St. Louis. He had just flown out for the conference. So you hadn't been to St. Louis at that point? No, I'd never oh, been here before. I did not know that. Okay. So I lied to him at the end of the conference and told him that I had uh, a trip planned uh, to go out to Chicago and then I was going to take the train to Kansas City. Um, and so, you know, that meant I'd be going through St. Louis. This was a <laughs> lie. I did not have this trip planned. I just was trying to gauge, you know, how freaked out he may seem about me coming to visit, but not saying that I was going to come visit him directly. Right. So when it's he a was, good move, I like that. Right. I like the forwardness. Well, I apparently well. also didn't admit this to him until he saw me post on my Facebook one day a couple years ago that like posting like a memory from a couple years back I was like oh that time I like made up a story and Troika comes home and he's just like we need to have a talk <laughs> like, what is this about this lie you 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 lied to me and I'm like um but we're already married so <laughs> statue of limitations yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly you're like hey but <laughs> Look at what we have now. Right. So aren't you, yeah, we wouldn't have this right? if I didn't lie if and I had to test been that out. a little manipulative, yeah. this would have never worked out, right? But it's good to gauge th that interest. Yeah. So, okay, so you, did you, you fly to Chicago, or no, you just flew straight to St. Louis No, at that I point? did, I did actually. I ended up flying to Milwaukee and then taking okay. the train Milwaukee to Chicago, visiting some friends, okay. train to St. Louis, but then I never actually went to Kansas City. I hadn't, nice. I stayed so long in St. Louis that I had to fly back to Denver for, uh, for work. Well played. I like right? that. That's cool. Yeah. So now, now he's, you know, you guys are working together with mm -hmm. Yoga Buzz, which yeah. is super cool. And I, I didn't know Troika well, so I knew him from college. Oh. So I didn't know him, him well, but I knew of him, uh -huh. you know, good energy, this and that, mm -hmm. but we just didn't have a lot of classes together sure. and just didn't hang out. But, you know, cool enough guy that now that at Yoga Buzz events, we, we easily just jump into a conversation. Yeah. So that's, it's just really cool. Yeah. He's good he's like good that dude. too. Good dude. Yeah. Totally good dude. I'm, Amazing I'm, story. That's, I'm, yeah. I'm so grateful for him too because I mean, so when I met him at that beer blogger conference, I was, uh, I think, so I was actually planning on moving to Hawaii that summer that I started working for the blogger conferences. And so I did uh, the wine blogger conference in July that summer. And then my plan was that that was going to be the last thing that I did with them. I was going to take the money and bounce to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And uh, then they invited me to stick around for a couple more events. So the next event I did was the one where I met Troika. Mm. And um, 
he has such an incredible ability to see things from a perspective that other people might not. And he's actually the one who encouraged me to uh, to pitch the idea of making my job part-time to full-time. And then he has been the one who has really uh, pushed and challenged me to, uh, to look at, I mean, the fact that I'm doing what I'm doing with Yoga Buzz, the structure that, and the, the, passion and the drive that's made it all happen has very much been a result of of him and the the uh the encouragement that he's given me and the the coaching really that he's given me whether it's been uh welcome or unwelcome coaching you know depends on the day but um but yeah so that's we make a really incredible team like that that's very cool yeah yeah that's a wonderful story and then looking at one thing that, and, and that's how I knew a little bit of that story ver- mm-hmm. on from Facebook, because uh-huh. you had the, the photobomb story. Right. I don't know if I saw the lie or read that <laughs> one, but now, now I know it's a good one. But one thing also recently I saw is, and I believe it was both of you, you mm-hmm. know, in tandem, mm-hmm. you did a, a challenge to change a diet, to cut out sugar, yeah. uh, something that... Tell me about that process, because I, I think that's huge. Yeah. So, uh, so Troika... Uh, we have a friend who came over to our house a while back, uh, at the beginning of February, and uh, we call him Bigman because he's a big man. He's just like <laughs> he's just tall. It's like Saul Goodman. Saul Goodman. Yes, yeah, Saul, Saul Goodman. Good, I don't know if you, if you watch Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so true. Goodman. All right. Um, so Bigman came over to our Bigman, house huh? for the uh, for the uh, Super Bowl party that we were having. And we had been gluttonous all day. And uh, Bigman walks I, in and we're like, Bigman, you're here. Thank goodness. We have all these ribs. You need to come eat these ribs. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I can't eat those. And we're like, what do you mean you can't eat those? He's like, oh, me and me and the wife here are doing the, the whole 30 like, challenge. And we're like, Big man. what? Bigman, is that why you seem less big, Bigman? <laughs> So uh, they left that night and Troika with a, a tummy full of nacho cheese from the nacho cheese fountain was like, um, <laughs> nacho cheese fountain. <laughs> just, it sounds like such a great idea in theory and in practice, it's always terrible. Yeah. But um, he's just like, we should do the whole 30. And I'm like, okay. And so long story short, we, we did it. It's no dairy, no sugar, no uh, grains, no legumes. Uh, no alcohol. It's basically taking away all of the inflammatory or potentially inflammatory mm. foods yeah. from the diet yeah. and retraining the body to run on fats instead of sugars. But really, to be completely transparent, the reason why we did it is because we were like, we could both stand to use lose a few pounds. Like, most of my stretchy pants are to the point of the most stretch that they can go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like we could, we both need to be getting healthier and we eat, we were eating most of our meals out for, I mean, the majority of our relationship for the majority yeah. of the last five years. So, um, so we did it and it was, it was a challenge. We were making the majority of the meals at home, which means there's also just endless dishes and endless grocery shopping and endless planning of what we're going to do running a business and everything teaching it's that's tough well and so that's and that's the big reason why we were eating so many meals out is it's just like i'm exhausted and i don't want to do anything more with myself so like let's just go down the street and get some food but what we learned through these 30 days is that like that's that's really just an excuse because we do have the time to put the things together i mean it takes a little extra work which Mm -hmm. is annoying when i'd rather be in bed watching parks and rec but you know (laughs) there's there's still there's still time in my day i'm not that maxed out um so 
what was really interesting though is that like maybe five days into it uh i started to feel really good and uh I have I have an anxiety disorder that I've really been working with over the past three years, especially although in retrospect, understanding that it's something that I've had since I was a kid. And And I think I've dealt with anxiety a long time, but Mm -hmm. I didn't understand it when I I was a kid. Right. And and when we don't have, you know, I mean, talking to my my mom over the past couple of years about it, too, she's just like, I wish I had known. And I'm like, but that's I mean, it's not your fault. And it would have been very different in my experience if I had a parent who understood anxiety and, you know, but because of that, it was like, I spent a lot of time not going to school because I had, quote, a sore throat or a headache. I I did the same thing at times. I didn't know, I didn't know how else to communicate that, like, no, I really can't go to school today. But that was, and so then it was like, I'd end up at the doctor and they'd be like, all right, let's get the tonsils out then. And I'd be like. Oh, never mind. I feel fine. And yeah. then I'd never have a sore throat, quote yeah. unquote, again. Or I would with anxiety. Of course, you have trouble breathing and you don't mm-hmm. know. To, you're not. I didn't know at the time to do the breathing exercises. Right. And it was like, I can't breathe. And mm-hmm. so it was attributed to like, not asthma, but allergies. Yeah. So I had some kind of medication like, oh, you're having trouble breathing? Take right. this. And I, Treating it, the symptom rather than exactly. what might be underlying. And it wasn't, you know, all these things in my head. And I think, I don't know about you. And this mm-hmm. is so cool to be able to talk about this. Yeah. But did you kind of... Like, I'm very imaginative. Mm -hmm. So then I Mm. would create these scenarios in my head, which is great for strategizing and other things. But Mm -hmm. when dealing with other people or whatnot, or Mm -hmm. it would trigger just this crazy anxiety. And then I would be like crippled. Yep. Just couldn't do anything. And that's, you know, I mean, that's that's really been what I've been trying to understand and manage over the last three years because three years ago I I really there was uh there were some triggers that kind of unleashed the floodgates and I couldn't ignore what I had been ignoring my whole life and uh you know so I've been in therapy for the last three years which has been so incredibly helpful and I I really see that as what my yoga practice has been for Mm -hmm. the last three years is it's not been the physical it's been it's been the what's called svadhyaya which is self-study and um so but but it does mean that there are there have been days where I wake up and I just can't get out of bed because I'm so overwhelmed that I just shut down. So there's the flight or fight response, but there's also the freeze response. Totally. And I, and I live often in the freeze response. Me too. Yeah, that hits me. Not, I wouldn't say quite often anymore, but mm-hmm. yeah, when it's when, when anxiety gets extreme. Yeah, for me, it's that freeze response. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. So I um, I've been doing the therapy I was on medication for a while and then I came off of the medication last October and uh and then at the end of November my therapist uh went on maternity leave Uh so it was like okay we're taking away all of the uh, training wheels and I'm gonna come back down to just me and see what I've learned how I can manage my own feelings and and such and uh, and and it was awful like yeah. the, the the winter was really really rough for me. I got super super depressed, which uh-huh. is the other side yeah. of anxiety and the side that I'm not as familiar with. So it was especially scary. Yeah. Like I'm used to feeling amped up and like sure. uh, everything's about to just get destroyed around me. I'm not used to feeling like I don't care, you know. Yeah. So, what was the medication you were on? Uh, it was an SSRI. So it yeah, was, I was on Effexor for mm, for a number of years. Yeah. And it, it was a situation where had my doctor checked my vitamin D levels because it was mm. a time where I was I was 
winter time, mm-hmm. no sun outside. Right. You know, I was dealing with the uh, just out after I was done with college. It was a different mm-hmm. environment. I was trying to figure things out. Right. I went from having this great support network to mm-hmm. really just being on my own and thinking. I mean, just horror. My my thoughts were. Oh, I graduated college. I have to move on. I have to be an adult, which is mm-hmm. just insane. That yeah. nobody, public service announcement, don't think that. <laughs> right. You know, always you have to be responsible, but uh, thinking that, you know, th- that adulting thing. Yeah, you're not going to step, uh, you're not going to take off your cap and gown and walk right into a perfect adult situation of a job and a house and all of these things you yeah. know it takes so that time. was idiotic and i didn't know any better so oh, i think yeah. oh this is what i'm supposed to do my my parents Didn't. never graduated from college so mm-hmm. here's i have to be this person mm-hmm. and this these weird standards i don't that yeah. just don't have that right mentor to give you that info but but it was more of you know so a time of being a little down and mm-hmm. just not having energy for a few weeks right. and then going to the doctor and saying yeah i'm just not feeling energetic is it it could have been diet it could have been this mm-hmm. and instead of that doctor really asking well what's going on in your life right it was a five minute little well here um take this and i was naive and i did and it was just it kind of threw me off for a yeah. number of years and getting off it was oh getting off the medication for me was just it was awful i mean i was it was it was real bad and you know i mean i talked to the my my doctor who was like you know when you when you come off of the medication you may feel uh, it's it's almost like your body's in withdrawals, but your body's not addicted to the medicine. And I'm like, well, then how can I be having withdrawals if my body's not addicted to it? Which is which is just strange. So it was it was a real challenge coming off of the medication. But by the time I was in the throes of this is awful, I was like, well, I've already done it, so I might as well just see this through. And that's great. And part of it is knowing. And that's one thing my doctor never gave me any warnings. Mm-hmm. There was never a list of you might experience these things, right. but it's you know it's part of the process. Right. And so the first time, there was a couple times. Uh, you know, the first time, it was I just had one evening of this like this just insane anxiety and I was breaking out into hives and everything Mm. else and that had never happened and that was really scary and I talked to a friend he's like yeah you probably you probably have to have this medication you're just not you know that's just part of your life from now on the doctor is kind of that way right well you know you have to have it for life right I'm thinking like no I don't I don't you know I feel pretty good right now I need to to get but no warning so I'm thinking that Mm -hmm. yeah I do have to have this for life yeah and then the second time was I had moved to Los Angeles and uh, it was same thing. Like three months prior, I was in the process of getting off the medication, and then it was it was horrible. It was a point where it was the anxiety, insomnia. Mm-hmm. It was I had no appetite. It was like diarrhea. Mm-hmm. It was just I mean just all these symptoms, and I thought it was me. Like I'm just this I'm a wreck. I can't handle this culture shock, this right. and that, and I just and then I there was that flight. It was like okay, I have to go back. Right. To St. Louis, and then it was still a situation where months after, I was still dealing with it, even though I was back in a comfort zone. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I had no idea. Then I get back on. You know, I went half dose, mm-hmm. went back to full dose, and then it was another point. I went to New Orleans for a job. Same thing. And I'm just thinking, like, oh, what's what's wrong with me? And then at that point, I was talking to my father. And he had, uh, he just Googled it and mm-hmm. said, wait, are you, you're feeling this, 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 and this. I'm like, yeah, to get the medication. Mm-hmm. And then that was that aha moment where I knew, okay, I just have to get through this. Yeah. And I think it took roughly about, I don't know, maybe a year to kind of 
normalized. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I, I went off the medication at the beginning of October and, and I think, you know, I think that, uh, I think that the impact of coming off of it definitely lasted for a few months, if, if not even still really. So, so, you know, right before we started this whole 30, I was at the point where I had, I had known going into this time of going off of medication and taking time away from therapy that, uh, that I may come out the other side of it and realize that I needed to go back on medication because some people do need to be on medication mm-hmm. to manage, uh, to manage their mental health. Uh, and so, um, so like a couple days before we started the whole 30, I had come to, I had gone through a really anxious weekend and was just like, you know what, I think I'm going to have to go back on medication. So I'm going to do this whole 30. And then at the end of this, that's when I'm going to go back on medication and then five days into the whole 30, I woke up and my brain fog was gone. Like I was uh, not feeling anxiety. I was super productive and I had a lot of energy and I was just like, what's happening? Like this is not, I don't generally pop out of bed in the morning. Like I'm usually like to reset my alarm mm-hmm. for over the course of an hour and a half. And, uh, and then I felt the same way the next day and the next day. And then for two weeks, I felt like freaking Superman. I felt so <laughs> Super good. Girl, Super right? I was all of them. I felt like all of them combined into <laughs> one person. And and really the rest of the, the whole 30 for, for three and a half weeks, I felt amazing. And the weight of anxiety that I generally carry on my shoulders was lifted. And that was not something that I was expecting or uh, had ever heard of other people experiencing eating in this particular way. And so um, that that for me was, I mean, I felt so good that first week that there were times when I would just start crying because it was just like, oh my God, like there is, it feels like there's an elephant that is no longer mm-hmm. on my shoulders. And, it's, and crying is, I mean, then you're releasing those toxins. Oh, yeah, so that's part so of the good. process. So yeah, no, I think it's great. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we, it's been about a week and a half since the end of the 30 days and Troika and I both lost some, some weight. My clothes fit better and so do his. And, nice. and I mean, we're really planning on continuing to eat mostly this way moving forward. Um, because, uh, I had, I had birthday cake like last week, a friend, <laughs> a friend's birthday, uh, his mom made him this delicious chocolate mm. cake, and so I ate some, and I did not feel good for the next two days. Like, yeah. my anxiety cranked up again, and I, like, witnessed this 48-hour cycle of my anxiety in a way that I'd never really been able to see from an isolated perspective before, because it came from this ba- this new baseline mm-hmm. and then was able to ha- come back into a, a lower baseline than, than usual. So I'm I'm eager to see how this c- continues to play out, because medication therapy yoga you know all of those things have just been ways to um to deal with my anxiety especially on days when i feel super awful because it's uh it's a way to uh to cope but the way that i have felt changing my diet has given me hope that there's a way to actually manage this Uh which is not something i expected to ever find because i never felt this good on medication so. Yeah, and the, the thing with medication is I think you sometimes still have the lows. You sometimes, mm-hmm. that anxiety sometimes is still there. Yeah. 
Um, you know, maybe it's not heightened. Right. It kind of takes the edge off, yeah. but I still, I still for plenty of times felt anxious. And that's ultimately why I decided to come off of it. So I'm like, I still have bad days. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, me too. Rather than just upping my dose, I'm going to come off of it and see what happens. Yeah. And then I think I, I'm, I don't remember if maybe I was maybe gaining weight while I was on that. Oh, I gained a bunch of weight. Yeah. So I think it. that was part of it. Mm-hmm. And then I think like sex drive is adjusted mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's enough side effects and I was dizzy a lot of times. Yep. Um, just like for no reason, it seemed, I'm, I'm just like, well, I feel nauseous today and mm-hmm. I'm kind of dizzy mm-hmm. or yeah, it was just, it just, yeah, it was good. And I, I think sometimes as a bandaid approach mm-hmm. and some people maybe and as I a definitely, longer, I definitely yeah. needed it there in the beginning yeah, of totally. this three year period. Like I, I didn't know I, I needed it to be able to get my feet back on the ground um, and, and I'm really grateful that I had it. And, you know, again, there may, there will probably, there may very likely be another time in my life where I have to, where I have to be on medication to, to manage whatever's going on in the moment, because clearly under, uh, really intense, stressful situations, um, you know, there's no way to know how you're going to handle it. Yeah, totally. And then that's where I think we're at some point with, legalizing marijuana and there's hemp and there's other like you can get tinctures mm-hmm. and whatnot so it's not oh, necessarily yeah. like Ooh, magnesium is has been something that i've had a lot of success Magne- with. i haven't heard anything there's about that. um there's this magnesium supplement you can find it um like cvs and at whole foods called calm c-a-l-m and it's a magnesium supplement it's just you add it to your water and um and uh and it helps to kind of calm and soothe they actually give large doses of magnesium to horses before they put mm-hmm. them into a, a horse trailer to take them on cross-country Interesting, trips yeah. so if it helps to chill out a giant horse yeah. it surely is going to do something <laughs> for me but there's also um there's also uh lotions that you can yeah. get that have magnesium in it and it gets absorbed through your skin that can both help with uh relaxing muscles that might be tight yeah. and uh and yeah, so that's that's been something that's yeah. worked really well for me. And that's cool. And I love tying in you because know, uh, Julie Longyear and I we talked about mm-hmm. skin absorption. Mm-hmm. So for people that want to nice. know a little more about that, you listen to that episode. I'm shamelessly plugging. <laughs> and then uh, you know another guest, Alan Carter, a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. He uh, he makes tinctures. Ah. And so one of the things that he is big on is it's a plant or a flower called rhodiola. I don't know if you ever heard of this. Uh -uh. And he has given me, and and this weekend I was, you know, drinking a bit of rhodiola. And and this originated in uh, when when Russian soldiers from Siberia, from that region, went to Chechnya. They, uh, you know, of course, the war-torn situation, you know, PTSD, all that, of course, high anxiety. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their mothers would, I don't know if they they would send them a tincture or some form, this flower, it has a calming effect. It's called, you know, it's R-H-I-O-D-I-L-A, I I believe. So he makes a a tincture with that that is amazing. Oh, cool. Um, So, yeah, that's something to look into as well. Magnesium, I'm going to have to check that out. So very cool. I mean, it's yeah, it's nice. And vitamin D, I, I definitely recommend everyone, especially in the winter time, if you're oh, feeling, yeah. if you're feeling down or lethargic and you don't know what's going on, a lot of times it can be you vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So something as easy as uh, vitamin D three supplements mm-hmm. will get you back on track. And it may take a week or so yeah. to get those levels, but that was the the best thing when I went to more of a holistic doctor mm-hmm. and of course with insurance and everything how crazy that is now it's like not feasible right but one of the best things that they did the first session was maybe a half an hour to an hour where they asked a lot of questions they were able to know me yeah and then that's one thing they they 
did a blood test or they they called for a blood test for vitamin D. Mm. And that's one thing they looked at and said, yeah, your vitamin D levels are really low. So you need to do this, this and this. Hmm. And huge. That's cool. So huge. So that's great. Um, I mean, we've covered a lot. Uh, how can how can people? I know at times you have some some employees now, mm-hmm. but volunteers is a big part of any organization, yeah. and I know you utilize them. Uh, what are some volunteer opportunities that people can have with Yoga Buzz, and and how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so we're um, we're actually working on really developing more of a volunteer type situation. Right now, the majority of the volunteers that uh, that or the volunteers that we can use are at our events to help with sign in and and set mm-hmm. up and yeah. such. Um, so it's a it's a good deal. You get to come in a little early to an event and then you get to attend the event in exchange for your time. Um, so that's that's the big part right now. But there will be more things coming up that will provide more variety in the volunteers that we could use. Um, but if you go to um, yogabuzz.org, you can look at our uh, our events as well as our upcoming trainings and some other resources that we have on there. Um, if you're interested in volunteering, you can send an email to info at yogabuzz.org and we'll connect you with our volunteer person who's cool. in charge. And I'll put, as always, I'll put some links on <laughs> the show description page. So then uh, whoever looks at that can just, you know, click when they're on the internet and mm-hmm. make it easier. So anybody driving in the car, don't, don't worry about writing this down. You don't have to down. write that down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't click back and, and review. We'll, we'll provide that for you. Um, so cool. So uh, yeah, volunteer. I'm, I'm going to have to get on that list as well. Yeah, do please. And then the, uh, the, the 30 day, the, the food challenge that uh-huh. you guys did, is that something you found or it's did you make I it found. up yourself? No, no. If I had made it up, that would have been a disaster. Yeah. I would have never, I'd have never known what I was doing. Uh, Whole 30. So it's W H O L E three zero dot com uh, has a bunch of resources and recipes and support uh, forums and that kind of a thing uh, to plug in to to learn more about how to how to do it i will i think i want to try that because i want for the summer i want to cut some of this belly fat (laughs) and uh it's not always so easy to come up with the this is the whole structure on my own yeah no this is this is super helpful they even they have grocery lists that's like here are all the things that you can get yes here's a list of all the things you can't eat and you know that's that's really helpful you can also they have i think um I think they've got a subscription that you can you can pay for where they will send you uh, uh, meal plans as well as grocery lists for those very specific meal plans. Uh, so if you really just are like, I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, we just we just kept going and buying lots of meat and vegetables and then coming home, going to Penzi's and buying a bunch of delicious spices and being like, uh, let's do this and this. But we we have kind of we we're we're a little bit more comfortable in the kitchen than I think a lot of people are. So. And the cool thing with that is, I mean, there is ways to eat, to have a tasty meal mm-hmm. that's that's healthy. Mm-hmm. I just think that, you know, I never really learned that, even though I, I know I'm a better cook now oh, yeah. than I have been. But I, we didn't we didn't learn that. And my mom, she does, I'm going to give her a shout out. She doesn't <laughs> give herself enough credit. She makes a few different things. Her meatloaf is amazing. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, sometimes it's just simple foods that you eat on a regular basis yeah. And then, uh, and then, you know, maybe you have your, your cheat day. Well, and it's, it's wild too, because once you start having to read labels on things mm-hmm. to look for sugar, 
everything has sugar. And, oh, I know. But they don't and even it's, it's they high don't fructose even corn syrup. Right. On they top don't even it. necessarily call it sugar. Yeah. It's like oh, this is dextrose or oh, this yeah. is cane syrup or yeah. whatever. And it's like it's sugar. Sugar's in everything. Why do you put sugar in this? Yeah. Like bread. Sugars in bread. Mm-hmm. Our high fructose corn syrups in bread. Mm-hmm. So and now it's going to be called corn. I think corn sugar is the new sugar. is the new term or something where. <laughs> Something I want that to be my you, nickname. You don't know. Corn <laughs> sugar. Hey, sugar, corn <laughs> sugar. Give me side of my mug. Give me, give me some sugar. But yeah, yeah cool. That. And that's, and yeah, and that's a thing where I've made that mistake in the past. Mm-hmm. And that's what's cool talking with you now. And some of the books I'm reading, I'm reading, are getting ready to read a book called The Four Hour Body. Mm-hmm. It's got Tim Ferriss, who has a great podcast, and you might want to check it out for business mm-hmm. and being a little more. Um, uh, now I just lost the term, but, uh, you know, managing our time better, oh, yeah. you know, dealing with that more and you, effective. yeah. And be more effective and, and you talking about traveling and mm-hmm. how using virtual assistants and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tim Ferriss, interesting material that I've learned recently, mm-hmm. but yeah, he mentioned that as well is sometimes you find the simple meals throughout the week and then, uh, and then you have your cheat day or whatnot, yeah. but it doesn't have to be, I always complicate things. I have to right. do this and that and. Right. It's well, that's not necessary. when you when you've mentioned we have both mentioned being perfectionists too. I in the past it's been really hard. <laughs> it's been really hard totally. for me to eat in certain ways and it's it's actually oftentimes ended up in like disordered eating because I was so freaked out about doing something the wrong way that I just then wouldn't eat. And that's not healthy. So it's like for me this particular way of doing things was really nourishing. I was able to find I was really comfortable eating this way. I was really comfortable um uh, cooking with these foods and that kind of a thing so that that was that was good for me but uh you know everybody's everybody's different too and I think that that's I I get really uncomfortable when start people start to proselytize certain ways of eating or certain ways of doing things because it you know that can kind of trigger that perfectionist side of me that also is intimately inter- intertwined with my anx- anxious side mm-hmm. that then results in I you know, just eat a handful of almonds and that's all I eat in a day. That's not mm-hmm. good. I'm glad you made that point with um, the perfectionist side leading to that anxiety because mm-hmm. it's developing this this image or this idea in our heads trying to live up to that mm-hmm. and then realizing that you can't mm-hmm. and then uh, and then yeah just causing that anxiety or expecting someone to okay, well, I'm this organized and this person's not that organized and, oh, wait, it's something, you know, against me mm-hmm. or having that thought that right. it's like a personal issue when it's really not. Yep. And then just freaking out. Uh-huh. So, yep. But I commend you on your courage to share your story. Yeah. And, you know, I've saw and then seeing it on Facebook and whatnot, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, this is cool. It's helpful. And to be able to talk about it here has been been an absolute privilege i you know i wish i had had more people around me earlier on in in my life uh talking openly about it because i might have i might have recognized myself in that sooner and um and so that's that's why i do it like when i i get messages sometimes after i share openly um on on facebook or in conversation uh, messages from people who are making shifts in their life or, or looking for help because they feel less alone and less isolated in their experience and less shame in their experience as well. Right. And so that if, if I can, if I can empower one person to feel uh, less ashamed of their anxiety or their fear that they feel that um, that's really all that I can hope for. Totally. Amazing. Yeah. That embarrassment's no good, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, as you think I'm, I'm the only one, this is right. people think, think just makes it worse. Yeah. We'll look down upon Nobody will me. Nobody will understand. But, yeah. So, well, Thank you so much yeah, for your time. You, I know we've 
I think we've been planning to do this for about a year. It's been, but, it's, uh, I think it's been more than a year. <laughs> or something. And, but, uh, but it's cool. The timing is perfect. Yes. With the, I don't think if, you know, the conversation would have been the same then. So yeah. it's like busy schedules are sometimes, I guess, a blessing in this case right now. It's true. So. It's true. I'm glad we were able to do this. Yeah, awesome. Well, best of luck to you. And uh, you. looking forward to more Yoga Buzz events and yes. all that good stuff. Awesome. Three, two, one, I got my